0: Welcome to the jersey baseball show today we have a, a special guest down in uh, in in tampa at the university of south florida north jersey native um who uh we allowed to escape right after high school down to, down to florida living the life down there it's it's usf pitcher and uh, mlb draft prospect ethan brown we welcome you to the show ethan and uh i hear it's cold down there it's like uh, upper 50s and a little bit cloudy
1: yeah, we've had some rain the last couple of days, and it's not too fun, but that's better than what we got going on up there, I guess.
0: How long did it take you to adjust, right, from to, to that, that new weather down there and uh, decide that this was where you wanted to stay when you, uh, when you went down initially? I mean, the
1: adjustment was kind of kind of like a blink of an eye. I'm not going to say no to the heat, but once the blood thinned out, as soon as it gets below 50, we i'm um, decked out like, over there like it's 10 degrees that's
0: legit right like weather
1: no. being weather soft is
0: absolutely legit right you, yeah you, yeah so that's the thing now do you get back up here very often or
1: at all i actually haven't been back up since i moved okay i keep Probably, trying to make trips but i just don't have the time to
0: so so don't do it in the winter unless you <laughs> have like a lot of coats you know we want you to come back, but we probably want you to do it in the summer is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So so we're here to talk about Ethan's journey to USF. Um, took the, the JUCO route out of high school, out of uh, Lakeland Regional, where he was a star graduate 2018. Um, between there and USF, we had a, a, a couple of years at, at Seminole State, a great career there. Um, but let's, let's talk about that because... Your initial plan did not really include Florida, right? Um, it no. was kind of a family situation, made, the, made things sort of change real quick.
1: Yep. So I was going to the County College of Morris on a small scholarship. Things happen. The dad wants to move down to Florida. Me being 18 years old, there's no shot I'm going to find an apartment up there and start living on my own that easy. Not, not cheap. So I- No. So I packed it up and went down there with them. And that required me to find a new school in a very short amount of time. And I'm very thankful Seminole State gave me that opportunity to come play for them.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, I'm sure, like I said, you get a lefty who throws, what, four pitches, fastball low to mid-90s. Probably worked out well for both sides a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. I feel like I definitely gave them exactly what they wanted and more.
0: For sure. For sure. So, So tell us about Juco Root um you know being a juco bandit yourself yourself um what did that end up meaning to you and, and and
1: pushing you towards your goals i mean at first the juco route to me was it felt comfortable but then i met some of the guys there that came from big d1 schools and their goal mainly was to go back to those d1 schools so i'm sitting here thinking i thought Seminole state was going to be it i thought it was Going to go there, play, get my degree, and start the workforce. Because, again, being a small town kid, you don't really have realistically the biggest of hopes, even though you want to dream big. So, just going there, learning a lot. Because again, you're going, you look at Florida's, you look at Old Misses, they have all the resources, the gear, the fan base. So, I'm coming to the Seminole State thinking, all right, I mean, I guess let's just have fun and work. It's my first year. It wasn't really a lot. I was just kind of enjoying the college lifestyle, of you, if you will. You know, you're, it's juco. More it's not... e- you're more e-boogie at that point than Ethan Brown. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just a little more just being a people person rather than a ball player. Yeah. But years kept going by, and I started to take some traction. People started to notice. I knew I could make something big of it. So I really locked in, really focused it out, seeing that the Juco route was probably the best thing for me. Because everyone's coming to JUCOs. Yeah, everyone's looking at high school, but that's 24s, 25s. Uh, D1 schools, they want guys now. They want guys that are going to come in, make an impact. So once I noticed that I can be a guy of, of that culture, I took it fall upon myself to make it my goal to be the best out there.
0: Yep, and and did so. And, and congrats and respect to you for doing that. And the end result, you know, is a, a chance to – play for a team that was, you know, a pitch or two away from Omaha last year. I mean, that's, uh, you yeah. know, USF had a, a great May, great June in their journey. Um, what's it mean to, to go through that and now have this opportunity in a place that, you know, showed last year can compete with the best?
1: I mean, a lot of the top guys for the Bulls last year are my friends now, like Colin Sullivan and Logan Lyle. So those two were the ones that kind of motivated me to come here but now my challenge to myself is to be a little bit better than they were and take us up to Omaha this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now you've, yeah, you put it in a sense that, you know, it's your challenge to yourself. I mean, that's kind of something that's been a a thing, you know, small town, a small town uh, in in North Jersey. So you're, you know, people look at you, like, where are you going to go from here? Um, Then, To go the not only JUCO but but to suddenly have to do it in Florida, so you're the guy going JUCO, but you're also the guy from the you know from from New Jersey. I mean, come on, these guys are all Florida guys, and and now to 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 be at USF that really wants to take that next step. I mean, has it always been for you? Look, we got some doubters. We got to just shut them up somehow.
1: It's been like that since high school. My coaches, guidance counselors, they had the same realistic thought that all my friends, if I want to call them friends, classmates had, that there's nothing really much after this. So I just always pushed myself to keep going, even at my Juco when I got here. Oh, you're from Jersey. The competition's different down here. So even then, I myself to be the best on that team. And I've just had nothing but success after challenging myself. So I figured the more challenges I give myself, the more success I'm going to have.
0: When did you realize that was the best way to to think cuz I mean most guys don't have that perspective through high school you said your your grades weren't the best you didn't really put yourself in the the best position to have a lot of options after high school but when yeah. did you sort of go from that kind of small approach to you know effort i'm 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 going through this once i've got goals this is my journey i'm going to do this
1: uh, I got a taste of it in high school. That's when I created the whole you can't stop me thing. And then I, again, my first year in JUCO, I met a kid named Hayden Herb who went from West Virginia, went to New Orleans, went to Tampa. He went to all these different schools. He got the best of the best, the worst of the worst, but he was realistic here. So he just showed me the exact route. He didn't take me through it, but he showed me which way to I go. So I, I would say after my first year at JUCO is when I flipped that switch of I can do this, I just need to put myself to get the work in.
0: Yep, and you mentioned something that that we've talked about before air here. Um, you can't stop me. Tell us about that. It's not we're not making millions off it yet, but someday, obviously, no. we're going to. Um, although I probably just gave it away to anybody who wants to steal it. <laughs> um, but but tell us what that means to you. Obviously, it's it's not slogans are great, but when you actually live them they're that much more valuable? And, and how did that come about and what does that mean?
1: Uh, one of my old friends in high school had a, his own little motto called get right. It was a basketball thing for him. So I just thought of it myself. You can't stop me because after hearing all the hate, all the hate, all the doubt, I was like, well, who, who are you guys to say that? You can't stop me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and see how far it can take me. So I started living it, like you said, adapted to the you can't stop me nature and it's been like that since that no one's been able to shut me down yet no one's been able to hold me back even if i have to let someone go or bring someone down to go to the top i'm willing to do it it's just how i want to live if you can't if you do stop me you win but no one's done it yet you you can't stop me lifestyle just keep going don't stop anything and you might
0: win but it's only temporary too because i'm coming back
1: for sure. There's no stopping it.
0: Yeah. It'll be yep.
1: a, at the end of the day, we're overcoming, it. we're gonna be on top.
0: Yep. So one other thing that's tried to stop or or slow you a little bit is that global pandemic COVID situation, right? I mean, crushed it um short season in well crushed it in 2019, put yourself in a great position. Um, uh, yeah. you know, all set for let's follow up in 2020 and 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 the draft is you know, realistically a, a, a good shot. I mean, it. you know, things changed there. The length of the draft got all out of whack. Um, what's – tell us about that, you know, situation and how that's affected your mindset and, you know, maybe ultimately given you a chance to, to grow for when that day does come.
1: I mean, that 2020 year, that was probably the best season of college baseball I've had. If I remember the stats correctly, it was around 48 innings pitched, 57 strikeouts with only seven walks. Four of those walks being hit by pitches, so I was really locating my stuff. Had a great shot at the draft. I was talking to a lot of teams deep into it. Then again, the pandemic hits. The draft is knocked to five rounds. I don't get picked up, but again, I'm only 19 at that point going on 20. In my head, I'm still young. I still have another shot at this. So again, we'll just keep working. We'll get them next year.
0: Yep, now what is your off season routine like and what is, you know, everybody wants to do X, Y, Z to make sure they get better for the following season. What was, or what has been your X, Y, and Z this year for, you know, to to make that impact at USF?
1: My X, Y, Z has been working over at Kinetic Pro down in Tampa. Casey Mulholland, he really knows his stuff analytically and uh, logistically. So I've just been working with him about just making small tweaks, correcting my arm path, and doing stuff like that. Not really getting better, just kind of prepping my arm and prepping my body, my mental state for this new season upcoming. So this again this is my first D one season. I'm looking forward to it, but it's going to come with some with some obstacles. We just have to power right through them.
0: Yep, yep. Now we got a legit four pitches that we're throwing, right? Yeah. Um. Tell us what uh you know. Tell us what you got. Tell us what we're uh, where where those pitches are right
1: now. So I got my fastball, which is sitting around ninety one and ninety three miles an hour right now with twenty four to twenty five hundred spin. So it's gonna run it's gonna run a, come up on you real quick. Then I got my curveball, which originally I wanted to scratch because coming into USF, I really didn't find it. I didn't have it. And at the time, I'm thinking, and we're in the fall, but I need to make an impression on myself. So I want to make sure everything I have is good. so I was gonna scratch it originally. But I found that, again, it's about 78, 79 miles an hour with 29 to 3,000 RPM spin rate. So that's back. It feels good. And then I mixed my slider and my cutter. I normally was five, but I kind of merged them into one pitch just to minimize it, make it easier on myself. And that's around 85 to 86 miles an hour. There was one bullpen where it was 88, 89, and I was trying to always get back to there, but it just hasn't yet. And with the season coming up, I'm not going to try to do too much with it. So I'm just going to let it ride, let it as it is. And then, of course, I have my changeup, which is about an 8 to 10-mile-an-hour difference from the fastball. So that's, that's hopefully going to play for me the most.
0: Yeah. What's the and, – and are you right now, I mean, are, are you uh, looking or trending more as a starter or a reliever? Or ver- I mean, you're, you, you're kind of like the Swiss Army knife and put you in any role, but
1: yeah, you know, especially I mean, on an established team. Yeah, I mean, I like to start. I've been a starter my whole life but my last year in juco i would start on a monday come out of the pen on a wednesday close on a saturday something like that so i'm really comfortable anywhere so wherever i'm going to get innings put me in there and that's what i want to do and i'll find success for you yep and and again it goes back to just
0: what what's going to push them over the edge right i mean what's back going up. to get that final step what's yep. the through this process through this year what's the one thing that that you learned about you've learned about high-level D1 baseball
1: that maybe you you didn't know? I would say buying into the program. Because when I was at Juco, a lot of kids came in with their own routines, doing their own things. And as soon as we got here, plyo work, band work, weightlifting, all the same for all pitchers across the board. So if you just buy in, you believe in yourself to do this work, and it's going to have success for you, you're going to end up finding success. And so far, that's what I've been doing.
0: Favorite part about USF slash
1: uh, Tampa life? Ooh. I would just say the whole culture. The people here are great. As soon as I walked in the locker room, making friends, having jokes, even the people off the baseball team, as soon as I meet them, they're nice. It's, it's just a great culture to be around. And hopefully I'm going to be down here for a long time. Yep. Yeah. Um,
0: but given that, and given that you haven't been back home really since everybody moved down it, right? You know, a couple of days after high school, what's the thing you miss most about
1: North Jersey? Oddly enough, I'm going to say the snow. A lot of people don't like it, but there's just parts of me that I want to wake up and just see a white, just see white outside. It's been a while. That's been my favorite part. I always dress better in the cold. You can layer up. You can look nice. But it just, I guess I would, I'm going to say the winter time. A lot of people didn't like it, but white Christmases, that's thats what I lived for my whole life. And now waking up on Christmas, it's 70 and sunny. It just kind of throws the whole vibe off of what Christmas is. Yeah. Now, not a lot
0: of people here are going to hear that and be all that sympathetic to you, I think.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I'm not expecting them to either.
0: Maybe the white Christmas part that that that's a little bit kind of cool, but but yeah, otherwise, yeah. I think nobody else is saying, "Well, geez, Ethan misses the winter. Let's let's <laughs> kind of feel bad for him. It's only seventy and sunny every day."
1: Yeah, I mean, you take some, you lose some. It happens.
0: That's right. That's right. Hey, it's a choice. It's a lifestyle choice. For sure. Um, favorite
1: part of Are you a Disney guy? Have you been there since uh, since you've been down? I've been there a handful of times, but my high school would come down here for a week in spring training to play the ESPN Wild World of Sports. Okay. So we did all the parks for three years straight, and it's, it's nothing really. There's nothing there for me too much. I'm more of a Busch Gardens guy.
0: Um, NCAA tournament, you know, obviously is is certainly a goal for for the team this year. I mean, it would be a new sure. experience for you to play in the uh, in the D1 tournament. What would that mean to, to you, you know, uh, experience-wise, to, to get the chance to play on a, on a team that,
1: you know, makes the NCAAs and has some expectations to, to do a lot with that? I mean, realistically, it's another step. I mean, I feel like the emotions will fly through when the time comes, but for right now, that for me, that's just another step to take to get to the next level. It's about all I can really say on it right now, because, again, I haven't experienced anything like it yet. So there's only, I can only say so much about something. That's gonna only sure. be in my no.
0: for sure. What's the uh, what's the trip you're most looking forward to on your schedule this year?
1: Cincinnati. Never been to Cincinnati yet. I've never even been that west of the of the states yet. So just going out and exploring is gonna be great. Actually, Tulane. I forgot we traveled to Tulane. That Louisiana sounds like it's gonna be a good time.
0: Just to say, letting you
1: loose in New Orleans might not be the the yeah. best idea. Definitely not the best, but for a life experience, I think it's going to have a big impact on me. Coach going to have to give you guys all like GPS trackers or something like that. <laughs> Wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so you had a, an, an interesting experience growing up that, that not everybody knows. Yeah. Um, you know, Ethan Brown, the, the, the lefty star did not start out as the lefty star yes sir you you know i mean billy wagner you know should be in the hall of fame at least i think so um grew up a righty turned over to lefty and started throwing a hundred it's amazing that like back in the day before everybody did it he was throwing a hundred with his like opposite hand yeah but, but tell us how you started out as a righty and, and switched over and, and, and what happened i thought it was a pretty cool story
1: yeah, so the first baseball glove my mom ever got me was a right-handed glove. And me being a little kid, I'm thinking the nature of the game. If I get a glove on the right hand, or I get a glove on the left hand, I'm just supposed to throw it at the right. So I always figured that's how I do it. But it was always uncomfortable. And then just year after year, one of my coaches mentioned that I might actually be a lefty. So we went out, we got a left-handed glove, and I actually started throwing a lot more accurate, a lot harder. And it kind of just clicked to literally everyone that knew who i was at the time that this kid's born to be a lefty and that was the secret nope just change the glove <laughs> simple but very complex to me at the time
0: you wonder you wonder if there's like other guys like that and like in little league and stuff that, that just are straight and and there know. might have been and there probably still are today that's what i'm saying like whose moms mean well and they don't know, and it's like, oh, it's a baseball glove. I don't know. I'll just buy this one.
1: Exactly. I feel like uh, that's ex- she, my She's mom's made it ex- up
0: to you since then. I, I'm, I'm guessing she's made it up to you since then.
1: Uh, I would assume, yeah. I mean, I have two lefty gloves hanging on my wall now, so hopefully two is better than one. We got it figured out. Yeah. Now, uh, the other thing is we don't like horses very much. No,
0: not at all. No, we big- got it- an aversion
1: to him. You, you kind of got kicked in the face by one. Is that, is that what I hear? It was bit. Bit, that's yeah, bit.
0: right. Bit. Got bit
1: by a horse, yeah. Yeah, how did that happen? Why? Back in 2009, we took a little family vacation to the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Why they chose that exact area, I don't know, but it was God given that there are wild horses in the Outer Banks. So we're all just sitting on the beach, you know, enjoying a nice summer day, me being nine years old as a kid having fun. I look to my left and there's a group of three grown horses just minding their business, walking right up to us. And uh, I I got scared, I'm small. I don't like big things just walking up to me not knowing what they're gonna do. And he just started smelling my legs. then he looked up at me and I was just kinda straight face staring at it, terrified, not knowing what to do. Then he smelt my cheek and guess he got hungry he took a little nibble out on it and then just ran away i i don't know why he did it i didn't ask him why he did it but after that i don't ever want to go near a horse again i don't trust him
0: so so really it's you can't stop me unless you're a horse yeah
1: yeah i mean i would say i'm not i'm not gonna say i'm not scared of him now i'll definitely have to beat up a horse if i have to it'll be a challenge I'd prefer just to avoid any kind of contact with one.
0: For the horse's sake, though, not for yours. You, yeah, you yeah. Of remember. course, 100 percent Because it wouldn't it wouldn't be good for the horse ultimately, I think,
1: if you guys no. were to pick up again. No. If I were to ever see that horse again, there's a brawl. And I, I'm not feeling too happy for him right now.
0: No, no. That, that is the you can't stop me lifestyle. We're coming back <laughs> after that horse.
1: That it is right there. Getting my revenge on that horse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's what's our what's our goal? What's our goals for this year? Obviously, the, the draft is part of it, I'm sure, but that can't really be like a goal for you. That's kind of like the end result of what you do, I'm sure, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, my main goal is just to go out there, be the best I can, execute my pitches, be able to locate, be able to show good velocity, and get guys out. There's not really much to it. I don't have too heavy of a thought process or a schedule report going into this. Again, it's a new program. I'm Division One now. I'm just going out there to try to make an impact for my team.
0: Yep. Let's let's finish it with this. A lot of guys watching this will be uh, pitchers or what players on on us a, from a, a smaller t- you know town. You know, you, obviously you know the geography up here. There's plenty of those small towns all throughout New Jersey, yeah. out everywhere. What do you say to the guy who who hears that he can't get it done because I mean, what, you know. You're a small-town
1: guy. Why bother dreaming big? Why bother dreaming big? Because what else is there to do? You can dream big, but don't, don't shoot for that main goal. Take small steps at a time. If you're a high school ball player looking to go to college, don't look at the big schools. Look at the schools where you're going to realistically get playing time. And Then just time after time, keep proving people wrong. That's what That was my fire, proving everybody wrong. As soon as I committed to D1, all my old coaches texted me the ones who didn't really do much for me congratulating me doing all this and I had to play nice. I was like, thanks. I appreciate you. But just proving people wrong at the end of the day, showing people that you can dream big and you can make those progressions happen. Love it. You
0: have so far. We know you're going to keep doing it this year. It's awesome that we were able to catch up here and uh, share your story and uh, know we're going to be uh, pulling and rooting for you and USF because of it.
1: I appreciate you guys for that.
0: Absolutely. Ethan Brown, our guest today, Jersey Baseball Show, powering the USF Bulls this year. We look good in green. We're ready to uh, to go. We're ready to take that last step and uh, hope we, uh, we catch you uh, in Omaha at the end of the year.
1: Oh, we hope so too.
0: That's it for this edition of JBS. We appreciate you for watching uh, and look forward to seeing everyone next time.